Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. Uh, we had amazing shows last week on um, Tuesday and Thursday, and we also had an amazing show on Saturday. Uh, everything you could want, perfect rhythm, unbelievable flow, amazing guests, uh, and just the way we, we are chemistry. I mean, you, you can't, uh, you, you really can't write something this good. It just keeps evolving. The show keeps growing. We have a lot in store for the future, and I can't wait to share with all of you. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was fun. I hope it was productive. I hope it went accordingly. Um, and, you know, it's been quite, quite the week, and quite the weekend, and quite the week so far in the headlines. We got a lot to get to tonight. As always, I want to thank every single person, my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors and guests. You guys make the show just so successful, and, and you bring so much value, and I couldn't do it without you. So I think it's always very important that I take the time out and, uh, you know, give that gratitude and, and, give, and give that praise because I'll tell you what, guys, here we are, another week, episode 242, over two years of doing this. And uh, it's become a routine. Like I say all the time, it's become my livelihood. I love doing it. I love speaking my voice. I love, you know, shining light. It's, it's a huge, huge honor. Um, all right, guys. Uh, we got a lot coming up this week, obviously. Uh, I'll be attending the Trump rally tomorrow here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I do have some media passes, so I will be uh, getting all uh, behind the scenes and, and getting up close with all the, the cool and, and fun action so I, I definitely will um, get some interviews I'll take a lot of videos um, I'll post a lot of photos as I always do everywhere I go and I can't wait uh, he comes to Arizona about once a year usually and he's always tremendous I mean this guy and he makes it look easy these speeches I mean he's just born for this man and he, and he really lights up the crowd I mean we get this is like going to a sporting event this is like going to a rock concert like the, the festivities before in the line, how everybody, you know, networks, you got food trucks, you got beverages coming around, all kinds of merchandise for sale, different games, even live music. I, it, it's the place to be. You, you know, I, I'm going to be lining up um, and I'm going to be there. I'll be there early in the morning um, for various reasons. I'm going to be doing some media stuff. But uh, I'll tell you what, this is like, in a lot of ways, uh, it, it's it's I mean it's Disneyland it's paradise everybody I've never seen crowds by the way in, in this sort of fashion I, I, you have some of the largest groups ever I, I, we've never seen any political leader get these kind of uh, attendees it never happens this guy has changed the game uh, and you know what he's really proven uh, that he cares about all of us and he's made everything about we the people which is why it's resonating with so much of America. You know, you have a guy who's really just so many, and so many love how entertaining he is and how much he's doing for this country, which is why they choose to come out and see him. It's cool. It's a real, real cool blessing. Uh, everybody, I'm coming to you live, though. Phoenix, Arizona, beautiful night here. Uh, I do want to welcome to the panel. I believe we have retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Valsi. Michael, how are you? Good, Roy. Thanks for having me. Hope you had a wonderful birthday, and uh, I'm a little jealous. Oh, yeah. You're going to the Stump Rally tomorrow. Uh, uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, take a lot of pictures. 
uh, do a lot of interviews. I look forward to seeing them. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Well, yeah, and I forgot to mention that, everybody. I, I just turned 29 on Friday, and I can't believe how fast time goes. You know, my 20s are over. It makes me sad. Uh, when I turn 30, I'm going to cry. You know, I, I wish I had a pause button. I wish I had a rewind button. I wish I could do things, you know, over and, and relive some of these amazing moments that we get to cherish. But, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy how time flies. Isn't it, Michael? It sure is. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's when you turn 40, Rory, that they start peeling off pretty quick. So you're safe for a few more years. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Well, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's all about growing and it's all about, uh, you know, this is how life works. You know, we all, we all get older and we all, you know, uh, Rory, you're living, time never stops, you're living through, you know, you're living through a wonderful time. Uh, I'll tell I you, what a time to be alive, 20s, right? we we could have ever. That's right. I wish when I was in my 20s, we could have somebody like Donald Trump would have came along. So uh, enjoy it. It's been a wonderful thing. It's pretty special. I mean, it's it's one of a kind. You, you can't you you can't make these this these times up. I mean, this is as profound, unique, and creative, and uh, you know, just like historic as it gets. Right. You know, it's the right guy at the right time. There's so much yeah. that needs to be corrected. And has is being corrected, and you know as as time goes on here by spring early summer, the public will learn about a lot more. Uh, but you realize the cleanup, and he's the only man that I can think of capable of taking the shots that he's taken from the other side of the aisle, the media, uh, and he's still standing, standing stronger than ever. So I got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, he's a he's a superhuman person, and uh, I don't think anybody else could have done it. Amen, amen, brother. Absolutely, yeah. He's definitely Superman. He's definitely something straight out of the Bible. I mean, you can't, you can't, you really can't, you know, find anybody like this. I mean, this guy was born for for greatness to to save not only this country but save the entire world. Quite frankly, you know what I mean. I agree. I think, you know, his uh, religious uh, nature, uh, his reference to God all the time, you have to believe that he has a supernatural power behind him. Uh, he's, uh, he's a remarkable man, and, I, and we're blessed to have him. I really, really are. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, glad to have you here tonight. Got a lot to get into, and we always enjoy your insight and, and the value you bring to the show. So thank you. Okay. Uh, I'd like to welcome my bu- I believe he's with us. We uh, have the very talented. He's done a lot of things in life. He's a retired par- Army paratrooper. He's worked in the White House. And uh, he's 90% sure he's going to be running for U.S. Congress here in Tennessee. Uh, Todd McKinley, my buddy as always. Uh, I'm glad to have you back. What's going on? Oh, not much, Roy. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing well. Doing well, buddy. Really, really good to hear from you. Excellent. Yes. So happy birthday. I, I remember my 29th birthday It was uh, on a Monday. So I had a party on Saturday. I was, I was serving at the White House. And uh, on that Monday, I was on duty when I turned 29 with the vice president, Vice President Dick Cheney. I remember that. And I uh, remember I got a happy birthday handshake uh, from him. And he, he called me into his office and I got a, uh, a, a happy birthday from him. So it's pretty, pretty interesting day. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think anybody knew it was my birthday. And I got a call to go to his office. So it's kind of neat. How cool is that, man? That's a that's a surreal experience. Once in a lifetime. Oh, I mean, that one of the smartest guys ever. I mean, he, you know, and he's got a personality, which I like. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's pushing 80 now, and, of course, he's slowed down. But, you know, heck, he, he's got a, a memory that's, that's a mile long compared to, you know, some of these other folks that are in Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, so d- interesting character for sure. He, ch- he changed the dynamics of the vice presidency uh, for, from from now on. And I know Joe Biden didn't live up to that. He, like, he kind of got kind of pushed off to the side because, you know, Joe Biden's a, a mess. Uh, but anyway, you know, I have a lot of experience with the with the rallies as well. You know, from the White House side, uh, as a White House uh, staff associate, doing a lot of advance work. And so that that one tomorrow night's going to be great. And I'll tell you what, it's going to overshadow. That's going to overshadow the Democrats' debate in Nevada. That's going to overshadow big time. Yeah, and look at the timing. Isn't the timing great? I mean, mm-hmm. Trump really planned yeah. this perfectly. He knew. He knew, and he knew. He oh knew yeah. Oh that yeah. This was going to happen. Oh yeah, and, and I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna ta- hit Mini Mike a couple times. As Mini Mike's getting uh, attacked by you know everybody on the debate stage tomorrow, it's kind of neat. Uh, you know, of course the Democrats are so doggone corrupt that they changed their rules just so they could allow Mini Mike to uh, participate. Uh, you know, and it's obvious that the Democrats don't really believe what they what they preach. You know, that they're allowing Mini Mike to be on the stage with with little riser for the podium or whatever or a booster seat. Uh, you know, and at the same time, they, they want his money, but they don't like his politics. It's kind of funny, though, how they can, uh, you know, disassociate from, from, from uh, what, they, what they say they believe and what they uh, actually uh, do. Absolutely. No, 100 percent. You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, Todd, really great having you here. A uh, lot to get into tonight. Uh, glad you could join us as always, my friend. Heck, yeah, appreciate it. All righty. OK, everybody. Um, as usual, I'm, I'm going to get into the uh, I'm going to get into the small stuff, and uh, you know then I'm going to get into the big stuff. And uh, we got a lot of people joining us tonight. We got a lot of big guests coming on. Uh, we'll be having Quanin uh, expert and best-selling author Dustin Nemos, uh, also the founder of Nation Savers 2020, Gary Binford, um, along with uh, popular radio show host Diana Ploss, uh, as well as. A founder of 2A News, Craig D. Luz, and many, many more. So everybody stay tuned. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for tonight's episode. we got a lot, lot to get into. Okay, so uh, I want to start – I want to start with this. So President Trump today uh, pardoned a few people, which I, I applaud him for. I, I think it was overdue. I think it was absolutely appropriate. I think it was probably, uh, you know, one of – you know, if not, I mean, there's nothing here with with, with these um, situations how they could be justified uh, of still staying punished at this point. I mean, these people. I mean, in my in my strong opinion, people like Bernard Pardon today, uh, the commissioner. Uh, for, for, for people that don't know, he was the ex commissioner of NYPD, and he did a fantastic job in so many different ways. Uh, he's on Fox News all the time. He's got a lot of great. Um, talking points he's got a lot of great opinions uh, a lot of great values and and beliefs that he that he uh, abides by and, and i really think he got the bad end of the deal i think that guy got screwed quite frankly he should have never been in trouble uh it was totally a political hit job from the left what what they did to that guy uh he is very uh intelligent very very uh and i love his humble personality i mean he really cares about the police he really cares about law enforcement he cares about the heroes you know and he also uh, is sickened by how they've treated Trump. And he said that ever since Trump got elected. And uh, he calls out a lot of the bias. Uh, we, we see how he exposed uh, the corruption that was going on in New York City for the longest time, uh, you know, with, with many different scenarios. But where do I start? Uh, it, that, that's all that's it's happened in New York City is one thing after the other. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's um, I, I hate how in this society people can be framed, people can be, you know, uh, falsely, falsely portrayed, they can be humiliated, they can be uh, slandered, they can be everything you can think of for for being innocent. I mean, you, you know, it, it's all these fabrications and, and you say it enough times and then people start believing it and it's be, people start talking about it. And that's how people's names get ruined. I mean, this guy, you know, uh, I, I just, I, I can't say really anything bad at this point of commissioner Kirk. And, and I think many, many people in law enforcement um, will agree with me. This guy uh, definitely did his job uh, the right way and, and definitely played by the rules. Uh, I, I, I never noticed or seen uh, from, from my knowledge of uh, this guy's resume, I, I, I've never seen much or any, I've never seen any corruption, any, uh, I can't think of any scenario. Uh, you know, this guy, um, I, you know, obviously I think, I think one of the reasons, um, I don't think this is the main reason, but I think one of the reasons this guy, you know, got ostracized and really punished and, and, and they screwed him over is because he was calling out, a lot of the things that uh, these politicians were behind, uh, you know, with, with, with what we, what's going on. So, you know, th- 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 you know, thank you, Trump. Thank you. Uh, God bless this situation. And the other person, pardon, the ex-governor of Chicago. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Blod- Blodadovich or something. Uh, Blagojevich. It's a weird, it's a weird name. Um, we all know what this guy did. He sold uh, a seat. Uh, Obama, the Obama situation. We all know what what this governor did, and uh, I, you know, I'm not going to spec. I'm not going to speculate or talk much about uh, the situation or the scenario uh, of what. Because I, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, I haven't really, you know, came to any sort of um, mind, mindset in terms of ha- you know my personal personal feelings. Uh, I will say this though, I think that you know, what did he? What has he done so far? I think what somebody said like 14 years. I mean, he's done quite a bit of time right now. Or that that's my that might be what they um, sentenced him to. Maybe he's done less than that so far. But I know he's done quite a bit of time. Um, and somebody can remind me on the panel. It's, it's at least been it's been over eight years. I do know that. Maybe over 10 years. It's been a lot of time. Um, and you know he. I think Trump did this, and I think the reason this is really important that we listen to this is that in this a bipartisan thing. He, you know, he's not making this about Republican or Democrat. He, he's making this about right and wrong, basically about you know I, I would say giving people another chance. You know, uh, uh, you know, recognizing and acknowledging when people have uh, you know uh, served their time and actually you know taken responsibility. Because too often, I think in our system, we we punish people forever and ever, and, and never really uh, look at the the, the long term picture or the overall view uh, of the uh, of the circumstance. And and I think that really is sad because I, I think we have a jaded justice system in certain aspects, and I, and I think it's 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 corrupt and and, and really twisted and, and backwards. And um, I can give many variables of how it is, and, and I think a lot of people would agree with me. And that's a bipartisan thing. But anyways, you know. Trump doing this uh, really, in my strong opinion, doesn't – you can't 
if you're a Democrat, I mean, what are you, you going to say? He pardoned somebody from your party. What are you going to say? Russian collusion? What are you going to say? Racism? What are you going to say? Con? Hate? I mean, what, what you, you can't really say anything. And I think this is kind of opening the door for him at some point. You know, he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. But don't forget, he's going to pardon Roger Stone. It's going to happen. It's going to come up here soon. And I think he is setting an example for the principle of the matter that it doesn't matter who he pardons. He's not going to favor any, any sort of party side. I, I think that, you know, um, and, and, I, and I really think a lot of people uh, are, are thinking the same way I am. Because that, that's how I analyze the situation. Uh, after reading various news outlets and reading various comments and, um, you know, news boards or message boards, whatever you call it, you know, all these different things online – I think that I think we're on to something here. I really do. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what. Think about this. There's people in our government that have done far worse than this governor of Chicago, ex-governor, and uh, they, they didn't even do one day in jail. So, you know, it's one of those things. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, wanna, I really want to uh, bring this up, and I, and I want to kind of put this out there. So people like Mike Bloomberg, you, you know this guy. Actually, I'm actually I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to this last because I want to talk about all the candidates and Mike Bloomberg's one of the guys I want to talk about as well. Um, so we, we will get to this though. But uh, let me move on to uh, this this big news right here. This is huge. What I'm about to say: uh, Department of Homeland Security has waived contracting laws uh, for the bid to speed up the border wall. And you know you have the leftist media and the Democrats crying that Trump's you know, uh, you know, abusing power, abusing executive privilege, you know, doing all these things that's against the Constitution. And I find it funny when these morons and these soy boys, snow, snowflakes, wimps try to talk about the Constitution. They never follow the Constitution. Uh, and by the way, it's legal what Trump's doing. Uh, Trump is the leader of the free world. He can bypass and wave whatever the hell he wants. He's not uh, a random company trying to, you know, uh, you know, approach this situation. He's the leader. We, we don't, he doesn't have to uh, go by these. He is, he is, he is the government. He makes, he makes the system, you know, and we, we all know that, you know, a tactic like this is the Democrats will bring this up and, you know, they'll try to use this against him. And, you know, but in reality, they know damn well, you know, Obama's done it. Clinton's done it. Bush has done it. They can all do it. They can all wave, all these different things. It doesn't matter. There's nothing, you know, uh, abuse of power about it. There's nothing crooked about it. There's nothing corrupt about it. There's nothing, you know, this is part of the job. This is part of what we do. If you want stuff accomplished, if you want stuff to get across and you want to, you want to get stuff done, you know, uh, you can't wait years and years. Like Trump said, you know, he's always talking in his speeches on the campaign. Don't forget, you know, we wait all these years for all these worthless permits and our infrastructure is failing and all these unnecessary regulations and these ridiculous it, – it is. It, it's a backwards it, – it, they're so – our government has been so messed up over the years. It's such a failed system. I mean, we – you know, this, this shouldn't even be up for debate. This is awesome that he's doing this. Everybody should be applauding that he's taking our safety as his number one priority and putting America first. I don't know how anybody could ever complain or whine about keeping second-class citizen criminals and people that don't belong here out. I mean, we can't go into other countries freely as we please. I get people come here for a better life, but you have to follow the law. Once you cross the border illegally, you're breaking the law. 
And you know, the I mean, morally, the right thing, obviously, if we're thinking with our hearts, I mean, we'd love to have every innocent person here, but that's we can't. We we can't do that. You know, and and, I, and it breaks my heart to see some of the stuff at the border sometimes. But I, you know. Uh, we have to w- focus on our own people as well. Look at the homeless epidemic. Look how terrible s- situations are on our streets with our citizens. And you know what? I've always said to liberals, believe in a wall, then why don't you take the doors off your house, and why don't you let anybody come in that p- pleases? Basically what you're, you're insinuating when you say you don't want a wall. But, I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Okay. Um, this is really bothering me right now, and, and it just keeps happening. And I don't know when it stops. You know, it's, it's not so much the gay part that bothers me. It's the PC culture. It's the social justice warriors. It's the creating of situations just because they want attention, just because they want to uh, have controversy, just because they want to, you know, add to this meaningless equality narrative and we all know we can't all be equal we all know we're not michael jordan we all know we're different we all know come on i mean come on but anyways and this keeps happening you know you have uh trannies uh supporting companies like everlast which is boxing company trannies on swimsuit sports illustrated trannies with uh victoria's secret now chicks with dicks uh you know reading to kids uh you know on, on all these different things i mean they're pushing it over and over and, uh, you know, now now we have something that is really disgusting. You've got Marvel superhero movies, which – and this is, this is really scary. And I, this is what I talk about with how pedophilia and, and stuff like that is going to be enabled and, and tried to be pushed next with the left. But they're trying to make gay superheroes, you know, with sexual themes, kissing on the lips, two men, you know. And obviously this is something that would have been – looked at as crazy on both sides of the aisle probably 10 years ago. I mean, this is the, all these different radical ideologies. And you know what? It's being gay. I'm not hating on gay people. But when little kids are watching certain programs and you have them thinking that they can be 100 different genders and you have drag queens trying to tell kids that they can be drag queens too, and you have these gay guys who are very far left LGBT telling young five-year-old boys that they can be gay – I mean, it, it's a little much. It's a little extreme, and it, it's pushing uh, the wrong narrative uh, of what we were founded upon. I mean, if somebody wants to – and, you know, liberals try to be the party of science, but they believe in 100 different genders. I mean, these people, these people are idiots. They don't know anything about science. And, you know, let people figure out their own sexual orientation. They, they don't need to know when they're five years old. You know, growing up, I, you know, we all figure it out ourselves. It's this new age indoctrination leftist bullshit that is – that, that, look at what's happened in this new era with all – you know, it's, it's out of control. You know, it's not like the old days anymore. We see it with colleges. We see it with uh, different establishments. And, you know, it's being funded by a lot of dark money, I assume, because what do dark money elites like? They like division because they can capitalize on division and storylines like that. We need division, otherwise there's, there's no money to be made. That's how these networks, that's how these uh, Black Lives Matter, that's how all these groups make their money. It's division. Okay, um, let's see here. I want to also, uh, let's see. Okay, uh, this is laughable, and you, you guys are all going to laugh at this. And we all know 
I mean, come on, dude. You know, enough is enough. Barack Hussein, white mama, Osama, white neighborhood, doesn't know what it's like to be a black guy, fake black guy, uh, you know, grew up with all white people. But anyways, you know, and all these people want to just look at, which bothers me so much. You have all these leftists that say they voted for Obama because he was black. And I'm, I'm like, first of all, voting for somebody based off their race or their sexual orientation is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Second of all, he wasn't, he's not black. I want a Herman Cain as a first black president. I want a real black president. I want a, I want a full black president. I don't want somebody that doesn't know what it's like to grow up in the, grow up in the hood or grow up in the hard part. They don't, he knows nothing. He was coddled his entire life. Beside the point. I always get on these angry rants about Obama because he's just the biggest scum on the earth, and he's just he's so phony. And the only thing I give him credit for is he can speak well. This guy, you know, gets bossed around by his wife, Big Mike, you know, who knows? Oh, God, I don't even want to know. Oh, yeah. All right, but he speaks well. Barack Hussein Osama speaks well. He had, he's slick with his words. He's got style. He's got form. And that's why he, he convinced so many damn people uh, to, to vote for him, you know. But anyway, he's now trying to take credit for the economy. Still, three years later, we got the greatest – Lowest black unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment. Those numbers were at all time worse levels, terrible levels, high levels when he was in office. Now they're at the lowest they've ever been, and he wants to take credit for the economy. The stock market was nowhere near the success it is now when he was in office. The labor force, the, 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 the unemployment cut in half lower uh, compared to what it was when he was in office. It was way, way higher when he was in office. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. The amount uh, it's like cut in half. Now Trump's lowered the unemployment. I, I think by half the, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I, I, you can't even make these things up and don't forget all these companies moving back all these and all the, the food stamps. I mean, all the, all the, different social programs that Obama put people through and just put us in the worst debt. And he raised the debt more than all presidents in history combined. Don't ever forget that amazing fact. He raised the debt more than all presidents in history combined, bailed out all the big banks, took out fake money that wasn't there. We all know about the printed money. This was a couple of years ago. Uh, we all know about uh, the, you know, letting all these businesses, small businesses, all the little guys fail. And, you know, these Democrats say they're for the little guy. No, you're not. You're for corporate elites. And, you know, you, you ruined Detroit. You ruined the Motor City. Uh, we got that back now. You know, and that's not, you know, but Obama, that, that has nothing to do with you. So in trade deals, look, look at the trade deficit when Obama left office. Look, look at how amazing we're doing with trade right now. Look at, I mean, can, I mean you can't even make this stuff up. This, this guy is probably the most ignorant, the most unethical, the most immoral. He's ugly. I, 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 I could say so many mean things about this guy, Obama. I mean, he really took us back to the civil rights era. You know, he, he is uh, just a jerk, you know, he, and he's phony. He's so phony. So phony. You know, you can't make this up, though, guys. Think about it, though. Think about this. He's ridiculous. And, and, and you know what? The media wants to – the media is on the Democrat side. Like I said, the media is controlled 
We got that 3% honest media for conservatives. It's ridiculous. Okay. Um, oh, you, got, you guys are going to be furious about this, and this is what I talk about on my show all the time. Chicks with dicks, the trannies. I mean, this is out of control. You got them competing in high school sports now. You got them compete, competing in all these different, uh, you know, different leagues. And this is crazy. But in, the, in Connecticut, at a high school competition in that state, they were doing like some big competition. You had a transgender runner take first and second place. Two transgender runners. Think about the un, look about the unfair advantage. Think about the the, the body type. Think think about. Uh, I mean, I can you even fathom this, guys? You know that's that's probably cheating at its finest. We all know men are naturally stronger and more gifted and athletic. I mean, just born. They, Everything. I mean, we're, we are, we are, you know. And, and when you try to, you know, use that and become a woman, think about all. Think about the testosterone. Think, think about everything that you have that the 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 natural born female doesn't. I just don't even know. And this is all PC culture. This is all about the social justice wars. This is all about if you don't accept it, they'll call you a racist. They'll call you a bigot. They'll call you a Nazi. They'll call you hateful. And, and this is the whole equality, meaningless bullshit narrative that they keep trying to spew. Equality, equality. Let everybody be whatever they want. They can be Tinkerbell. They can be, they can be a, a freaking whatever they want they can be. These people are insane. Them sharing locker rooms with your little daughters. And you got them going in the little stalls. I mean, I'm hearing about rapes and stuff and more pedophilia. I mean, this is nasty. This stuff is bad. And, you know, obviously, you know, this whole high school thing is different than the older transgender and what they do in the, you know, it's different than the restroom stuff. And, the you know, it's different. But still, this is how it starts. You know, these people are getting this fantasy land ideology and this alternate universe twilight zone inside their head. And they're, and it's indoctrination, and it's so, so brainwashing. But think about the disadvantage. Think about how you have to compete with somebody that you know. Uh, I mean, wow, 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 wow. And you know what? More parents are complaining about this. They've had enough. It's not cool. Uh, you know, you, you just, it, it, you know, you have to set the, you have to set the, you know, uh, you have to set a bar. You really have to draw the line. I mean, come on, guys. Okay, um, I, I want to mention this, and this is really bothering me. Um, everybody knows I was born and raised Catholic, um, went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. Uh, we now have an archbishop, not, not, not any church I know, but uh, I forget which area it is in America. But anyways, he is saying that his own church, and, and listen, this came from an archbishop, that his own church is racist. That they, they benefit off white privilege, even though there's other different people of color that go to that church. This guy is – and I don't want – I mean, if you think about what the left is pushing and what they believe and what they're abiding by, it's totally opposite of what us Christians and Catholics, uh, you know, seriously, abortion, you know, uh, so many different things. And these people, they don't – they're Satan. They're evil. They're dirty. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm looking at this guy, and he's the biggest wimp on earth. you got to see this guy. I mean, come on. Like, you look, who, what's that guy that was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Who's all, the little uh, Rick Moranis, is that his name? Oh, good God. Yeah, 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 that guy. I mean, Rick Moranis, probably a very nice guy. Don't want to 
you know, be mean, but he, you know, it's, it's that kind of guy. That's what he looks like. But anyway, so I, I'm seeing this, and this guy's white privilege, white privilege. We've benefited off of it. We've got to pay our dues. You know, they have to get paid back for years of torture, people of color. People that go to these churches and, you know, abide by conservative values, they don't want to hear this crap. I would say in terms of Catholicism and Christianity, at this point, I would say it's 70 to 30. 70% conservative, 30% Democrat. And I think it's maybe more than that. I don't want to give an exact number, but I know, obviously, majority of Christians and Catholics are conservative. And there's there's no, you know, denying that. So, I mean, look at, look at the kind of people you're alienating, and look at people like the Pope. That guy's the Antichrist. That guy's the biggest scum on earth. That guy is, you know, he doesn't represent me. You know, he, he's talking about letting illegals into our country, letting, you know, uh, gays, you know, become part of the Bible, uh, you know, abortion at nine months. You know, it's one thing that, you know— and I don't want to get too off topic with abortion. Uh, you know, all these women say they got choices. You know, my body, my choice. Oh, my God, smelly feminist. I hate these people. But anyways, you know, they, they say that. And I always say, well, if it's your choice, then why don't you pay for it? Why are taxpayers? And also, you have a lot of time. If you Up to eight, you know, eight to 12 weeks, a lot of time to decide. You know, if you do it any other time past that, then you are a scum of the earth. I don't care. What your excuse? You have a lot of time. If, if really, you want to go down that road? Uh, but anyways, getting back to this whole uh, Archbishop and Pope thing, what a disgrace! What a disgrace! You know, they're totally using the rules for radicals playbook and trying to take Catholicism and Christianity to a place that you know Satan would love. So uh, disgusting stuff. Okay, but uh, let's see here. Okay, this is crazy, and we got to talk about this. So Alan Dershowitz recently revealed that George Soros, and this goes, okay, I'm, I'm going to finish what I'm saying, but I'm, I'm making it, I'm going to make a huge point about this, that George Soros told Obama and ordered Obama to investigate multiple unknown, and they're not naming the sources. We don't know the names at this point, which is crazy. But point I want to make, think about the power these large donors have over these leaders and this has been going on for the longest time we know people like george soros you know uses these people like a fiddle like a puppet and nobody the media never says a goddamn thing excuse my french it's bullshit it's bias it's a double standard you know how much freaking murder george soros has got away with you know how much corruption george soros has got away with you know how much influence george soros has over the democratic party think about if trump would have somebody tell him to go investigate and, and put certain watches out on certain people. I mean, that—that's I don't I can't think of anything dirtier invading somebody's purse. I mean, you know, I, I I'm not going to say there's not corrupt people in the world that do bad things that maybe need to be watched. But seriously, you know, think about what these people are doing. They're getting into their personal lives getting into their homes, their families, their friends. I mean, it's probably the biggest invasion you've ever seen. And we've all seen how the government has used people for different things. And I'm not going to get too off topic. You know, obviously, you know, that's a whole different story. But just the overall picture, and, and I think the moral of the story here, people like George Charles can tell people like Obama to do whatever and they will. And Obama has and what he can do for these large donors. 
think about how, I mean, just let that stick in your mind. Let, that probably makes your stomach really sick. Like, do you even know, like, we only know a quarter of what the Obama administration has done uh, with corruption. I mean, there is so much more. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I hope a lot of it's revealed, but but these people are so protected. And they they live a a life, you know, as I use the quote always, do as I say, not as I do. You know, were there peasants? It's insane. Um, Let's see here. Okay, this is <laughs> – I just read a poll today, and these numbers are mind-blowing, and this should piss anybody off. <clears throat> and this is what the left wants to do to America. But 40% of people that commit crimes in Paris are illegals. Yeah, listen to that again. 40% of people that commit crimes in Paris are illegal citizens, not even real citizens of, of that area. That's the kind of invasion – that places like Paris have experienced. This is the flood. This is the caravan. These are the third world ideologies that are being pushed by all these radical government leaders. I mean, this should scare the hell out of anybody because think about what Bernie Sanders wants. Think about what all these people want on the left. Open borders. Let anybody come in. Even murderers and rapists, if they do that, they can still stay in the country. MS-13 members, stay in the country. And you know what? You know, people may say, oh, well, that's Paris, Rory. You know, that's not – well, you know what? We're we're not not too far off at this point. You know, Trump has a lot of it under control. I get border crossings are, you know, know, low, and and they're at record lows at this point. But it's still happening, and, you know, there's there's loopholes. And uh, don't think that other big-time dark money elites are not, not, you know, finding – trying to find ways. You know, whatever ways certain people can destroy America, they will. And Paris – I mean, I can't even believe that number. Percent of people that commit crimes are not citizens. Guys, what the hell is going on? You know, it's all, it's, it's the new world order. It really is, guys. It's scary. That is scary. And we all know what's happened in, in these places. You know, that they want major gun control. They want to be, leave the good people defenseless. You know, they even want to do knife control uh, to a certain extent. I mean, these people will do whatever control they can find. You know, it's all about legislation. It's all about making money. It's all about what these politicians can get their hands on. Dirty scums. Um, let's see here. Okay. Um, you know, oh, God, and I can't even believe I'm about to talk about this, but I'm just going to do it anyway because we all know it was big headlines, and I can't stand this woman. I think she's a smelly feminist. I think she's a slob. I think she's gross. I think she looks like a man. I think she's got a lot of masculine features. But Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, biggest attention seeker on earth. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen her in movies in a little while. Uh, she, got, she was, you know, blowing Harvey Weinstein for a long time. And that was, that was true, too. Oh, she was, she was caught, oh, for parts. You know, she, she, he gave her uh, studio executive. You can go read about all this. You know, uh, there's certain people that deny it, but there's some people that actually confirm it. And, uh, you know, I've never found her to be that talented, never found her to be that, uh, you know, just boring. There, there's not much there. It's like a plain plum, you know, the, in terms of personality. This woman uh, doesn't give off any funny or entertaining vibe. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's all about, you know, what, what they can sell and, and how they can keep getting their name out there and how they can keep 
pushing their agenda. And we all know that, you know, they have all this big ignorance and arrogance and, and all the, all this, you know, pompous style mindset that they think everything they say matters to the public. These people have the biggest ego and they're so, you know, not involved with reality. They live in this bubble uh, and they live in this whole different realm of, of what the everyday worker has to do to provide for their family. But anyways, you know, here it comes. Gwyneth Paltrow, we all know that she was selling candles that smelled like her twat, her vagina. And, um, you know, this I just can't even I, – I, the fact that this is even being pushed, the fact that this is even being allowed, there's kids watching. And, and don't, don't forget, this sold out. These products sold out. People were dumb enough to buy this. I don't – I mean, what, what does it smell like? Tuna? Cheese? I, I can't imagine this woman smells good. I've never – uh, saw anything in her uh, in terms of being attracted, uh, you know, to, to her presence. I, I just have it. And, uh, you know, I don't know why any woman would they, – they say they're for these special Me Too rights, you know, this whole Me Too movement, empowering women, you know, boosting them up, you know, believe women, believe women, not lying about rape, but is really, you know, selling vagina-scented candles, what does that do for empowering women? I'm curious. You know, I, uh, you got me there. You really got me there. I, um, I, I'm just kind of, when I read that, I, I, I thought it was a parody at first, you know, when it first came out when she was selling that stuff, you know, and I, I can't, uh, her, her kids, can you imagine her, you know, just this example and, and, and oh God. I, I don't even know why we're talking about this, but it's gotten so much controversy and so much attention. Oh my God. It's just like, why, why did, why is it such a, you know, and if you try to question it too, you, you'll be called a sexist, you know, let women do all and, and the, the feminist movement is out of control. You know, they encourage women not to shave their down below. They want them to have bushes, uh, no the armpits, uh, you know, the, the crazy transgender thing. I mean, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. These people are radical. Um, okay, and, and this, this came out this past week, and, and I'm moving on. I'm, I'm done with talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. I'm over it. I'm done, you know, uh, enough. Okay, uh, Hillary, though, there was a rumor from Drudge Report. I'm sure a lot of people read Drudge Report. Great, great news art, great uh, news outlet. I love it. A lot of good stuff. Um, anyways, they tried to say that Bloomberg was rumored to uh, – uh, have Hillary as his VP, and Hillary shut that down today uh, immediately. She's like, oh, no, not happening. But you know what? At first I'm like, oh, well, maybe. But then I'm like, well, I don't think Hillary wants to be the second person. Uh, but then I went back and said, oh, well, they're friends. You know, they have, a, they have the same kind of agenda. They're the same kind of billionaire. Well, I don't know if Hillary's a billionaire, but, you know, they're in that same sort of elite class. They do a lot of the same uh, work with these uh, corrupt organizations. We all know. We all know they're in bed together. They've they've known each other a long, long, long time. Okay. Um, I mean, and I want to I want to mention this to to anybody. Um, you know, wondering how how bad the left has become. I mean, you have Bill Maher the other night applauding Michael Bloomberg's stop and frisk, and then you had people in it in his audience booing. That's how far left the audience of the left has become. You have people, 
I mean, for everything, and we all know stop and frisk. You know, Bill, the fact that Bill Maher, you know, even uh, applauded that and actually liked that surprises me. And and I'll tell you guys, I, I don't agree with Bill Maher most of the time. I, I think he's full of shit most of the time. But I think there's some things that he actually brings back to the moderate level. I think he actually. Uh, you know, I, I don't like his bias towards Trump. Obviously, he hates Trump, but there's some things that he actually makes some sense on. Uh, but, I'll, guys, you know, wow. I mean, it, it, we're, we're living in crazy, crazy, crazy uh, times. And, and I don't, you know, people keep asking me the nominee, and, and I really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to get to that, though, in a second. I want to talk a lot more about these, these candidates. But first of all, uh, what really pisses me off, and this was announced today, uh, McCabe and Vindman will no longer – uh, they won't be facing charges. They're off. They're scot-free. All the corruption, all the secrecy, all the, the dirty swamp work together. Uh, yeah, nothing happening to them. Don't forget about McCabe and what he was involved with, with Comey, Brennan, Peter Stork, illegally spying on the Trump campaign, sending informants, you know, trying to – and then trying to cover it up. I mean, probably the worst, most corrupt situation ever, bringing this fake Mueller – situation on that had no merit no legitimate cause uh they knew that trump was going to expose them and they couldn't have it and they tried everything they could to stop him from being president and don't forget about benman this guy's a little chubby scumbag i mean this guy's a jerk off he's a you know he's a little reminds me a little, a little donut boy a little pudge boy you know that little fat kid in the freaking cafeteria that can't stop eating the 400 pounder i can't stand that benman guy dude i can't stand him He's a little punk. He's got that little smirk on his face that you want to sw- freaking slap it off of him, you know. Uh, but, you know, for the longest time. And, I, you know, I wonder. And I second guess and I kind of question, why are these people allowed to stay around for as long as they did? You know, there's so many people in there. Sodlin as well. I mean, it just goes on and on. It makes you, you know, all these people around Trump have given Trump um, bad advice. You have a lot of these elites that are in bed with people like Benman that are – you know, telling Trump how, how good Benman – you know, it's, it's – uh, you know, Trump's learning lessons, though. He's realized a lot of been involved in his administration um, have not had his best interest at heart. Let's, let's get that straight. Okay. Um, so the big thing now is the President Trump said today uh, he might sue uh, over fraudulent – uh, you know, the, the fraudulent situation with the Mueller investigation. And quite frankly, he should. Look at what they put him through. His family. and ba- You know, all these false storylines, these fabrications, these so-called smoking guns and, and, and amazing star witnesses that they had. All these people that were supposed to crack the code. All this taxpayer dollars wasted. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong for the Democrats did. Nothing came out of it legitimate. Nothing sufficient. Anything that anybody was charged with had to do with before anything of the Trump campaign. Had nothing to do with his administration. And it was a total witch hunt. You know, they went outside the line, outside the box. They went into bank accounts. They went into personal households. They went way out, you know, they went way uh, to the extreme and, and places that, they weren't privy to, in, in my strong opinion. I mean, these people are the most corrupt cops on the face of the earth. I mean, look, look at look at what they've done. You know, they only wanted to take him down because he's giving power back to we the people. He's exposing the swamp, their special interests. Everything that Washington is bad for, Trump is getting rid of. And they cannot handle it. And when they finally have a guy in there who's not polished, does what he wants, says what he wants, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's remarkable to watch. 80% of promises fulfilled within three years. 
you can't you can't write something better than that. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill ten percent of promises. I mean, how, you know, it's like it's like isn't it sad how when America is doing so good, the Democrats want him out of there? You know, and look at everybody that was involved: Comey, Brennan, Obama. All these people. I mean, how much more evidence can you get? Look at all the emails. Look at all the texts. Look at all the. I, I, I mean, any other court, these people would have been prosecuted, thrown in prison, you know. And any other court, this whole witch hunt would have been thrown out. <laughs> but you know, we got these bias in Washington D.C. And what I what I, what I meant, correct myself. What I meant by these people being in prison. If we had an, if we had any other court, was the Obama people. But if we had an honest court with the Trump witch hunt, it would have been thrown out right away. Think about this, guys. This is ridiculous. I mean, you, you, you can't – anybody should be pissed off about this. Any single person should, should be furious about this. Think about how they led us on for all these times, all these different people. You know, you got Carter Page's life ruined, Papadopoulos. You know, these people never, never stopped. Michael Flynn. I don't know when it ends. Uh, but getting into this whole Democrat, these candidates are out of control. Um, these people, I mean, think about what they're pushing. There's no moderates. They're all left. They're all leftists. You know, free health care for illegal aliens, slavery reparations, free health care for all, free education, college, uh, erase student debt, you know, all the, you know, allow all these MS-13 members, all these criminals to stay in our country. Higher taxes. And this whole living wage thing, get it out of your freaking head. It's bullshit. It's never going to happen. You know, owners are not going to pay you, you know, $20 an hour. Because all that, all that does is they can't – it only allows them to hire a select amount of people. They can't hire more. You know, people have this – False, you know, mindset that if you raise the minimum wage, it's going to pay all these people a lot more money that they can be happy with. No, all it does is cause more layoffs because an owner's main objective is to profit as much as possible. And he's going to have less and less workers so he can do that and, and fulfill the obligations that he needs to feed his own family. And you know what? All these politicians and all these Democrats are so generous with other people's money. You know, they, they want to say, oh, well, these billionaires should pay their fair share, and billionaires are the problem. Well, no, billionaires are not the problem. If we didn't have billionaires, uh, we wouldn't have a, a strong economy. You know, they're the people that hire millions of people. Are they greedy in certain ways? Absolutely. But, you know, is that, is that your choice to dictate? No. You know, they earn, they earn their status. They got to where they are. That's the beauty about America. That's capitalism. That's the dream. I haven't heard one economic policy from the Democrats that benefits America. Not one. Everything is giving, giving, giving away what other people work for to people that are lazy and don't do anything with their life. Think about it. I mean, this is, this is what Democrats want. They want Venezuela. They want to make their own rules. You know, you got, you got people like Michael Bloomberg who got all these jets and all these houses and all these gas-guzzling cars, and he's wanted to lecture people on global warming he wants to tell everybody how how to live their lives and they and these people use probably hundreds and hundreds times more electricity than every anybody else in their in their household don't forget about the al gore story i mean we all know it's all crap you know global warming sell your oceanfront property climate change is coming to kill us all oh really if that was the case banks would not loan on oceanfront property give me a break dude 
I mean, it's all ridiculous. All these, all these ideologies, you know, and, and I, I looked at a survey. What, num- what's the number one Democrat voter? And these are, I'm sure these people that are answering this are the far left ones, but they say climate change. And I'm like, do you realize that there's more polar ice caps in Antarctica than ever before? Do you realize that the earth has been naturally changing for millions of years? Do you realize that the ocean uh, hasn't changed much? Uh, you've got the raise, the rising sea levels aren't even an issue. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not even, it's, there's nothing, it's not even a valid issue. There's nothing there. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, you know, and, and by the way, it's, it's, it's colder in Antarctica than it was 10 years ago when Al Gore, remember he said, oh my God, we got to save it. We got to save it. Remember that phony movie, The Inconvenient Truth, whatever it was called. But yeah, I mean, guys, their, their priorities are, wrong, are so wrong. And then they want to take your guns. They want to leave the good guy defenseless. And for some odd reason, they think that the millions of illegal guns on the street are going to disappear. No, criminals don't follow laws. All you're doing is leaving American patriots hostage. I mean, I, what, what, what am I missing here? And then they want to go and, you know, uh, give all these smelly feminists all these, these free abortions, you know, and, and just like, and, and then, you know, the, the nine month at nine months, and, and what, what, else, what, else, what other idiotic thing have we come to? Um, I mean, these people, these people are relentless. These people never end with their idiotic policies. It, it's, it's disgusting. They're crazy. Um, let's go to Michael Valsi first. Michael, go ahead. Well, boy, we covered a lot of stuff there. You know, I wanted to start the show, uh, at least my end of it here, by saying, you know, there was a great YouTube video put out by Dr. Dave Janda at Operation Freedom. He did an interview with uh, a true patriot, Wayne Simmons. If, if your listeners would, would go to that, it's Dr. Dave Janda, Operation Freedom, and watch that two-part special with Wayne Simmons. They'd have a very, very good feel for what's happened to Roger Stone, what's happened to Mike Flynn, what's happened to Paul Manafort, what they tried to do to Papadopoulos, and numerous others. And I think once you understand how this deep state, not only the prosecution and how they controlled the judges, how they controlled defense attorneys. So what they did, if you had a regular attorney, they would go to your attorney and they would force that attorney to charge you an astronomical fee so that you can't hire him, maybe in the millions of dollars, so that you would be forced to take their public defender who they controlled. You get no, uh, uh, no evidence on your behalf. Uh, all your appeals or, or any of your motions are denied. It's just a kangaroo court, and that's what's happened here. And the reason I bring that up is some of these pardons and, and, and commutations that you're seeing by the president have to do with some of these same people. Uh, Rob Lagojevich, you know, that was Comey's FBI that, that put him in prison. And I'm not saying he was totally innocent, but he didn't deserve a 14-year sentence. And I'm pretty close to that because I live in close proximity to the city. Uh, And the only actual evidence I've ever heard against him was a statement that he made that said, you know, they they told him the president wants him to appoint this person, which is not supposed to happen anyway. That's strictly a governor's appointment when a Senate seat vacates or a House seat vacates. That's a a governor's appointment. And all he asked was, what am I going to get out of it? I've never heard anything more than that. 
And they have the public believing that he tried to sell that seat. I've never seen any evidence of that. All I know is that a 14-year sentence, and I think that's what the president was saying, was just ridiculous. And his children have grown up. You know, he didn't get to see his children go to the prom. He hasn't seen his daughters in other walks of their life. You know, and you got to feel for a guy like that. And he may have been one of the least corrupt governors Illinois has had in years, uh, with the with the exception of Governor Rauner, who they didn't let last long but one term in Illinois. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I'm also happy for Bernie Carrick because, uh, you know, Bernie has been a – He's a true policeman, let me tell you. I mean, I followed this guy and watched how he worked in New York and a very low crime rate. When you stop and think about the number of people in New York City and, the, and how low the crime rate actually was uh, under Bernie and, and Rudy as mayor uh, and how they made stop and frisk work without violating anybody's rights. You never heard any complaints about stop and frisk when Giuliani was mayor. Not one. But we'll get to Bloomberg in a minute and my thoughts on him. Um, So that's my thoughts on the pardons. I I was was glad to see that today. It's been a long time coming. I've known for a long time he was going to uh, commute uh, Rod Blagojevich's sentence. And I was glad to see it happen today. Nano, you asked, yes, he was sentenced in 2009. So he's been in prison 11 years. So that's quite a long time for not doing anything for fi- that, that gained him financially. He actually lost in the deal. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, the president thinking about suing over this fraudulent Mueller investigation. Well, we know it was fraudulent from the start. Uh, we know it was based on a phony dossier uh, that was bought and paid for by the DNC and Hillary Clinton. We know that for a fact. Uh, and what I'm hoping the president is encouraging other people who have been affected by this rag team of uh, Mueller investigators. Uh, I'm hoping, I think what he's hoping is that people will join in and, and file a class action action lawsuit against them. Uh, the president is big on those class action lawsuits, you know, and you can hurt these people financially, if nothing else. Uh, but that's my rant on that little subject there. Uh, you know, he's winning the battle on the war on the wall, Rory, you know, you look at all the obstacles this president has had to confront uh, from the Democrats, uh, from uh, activist groups and everything. But one of the encouraging things I saw was that I think it was Jorge uh, uh, Ramos from Univision or that guy. I think He said, you know, in reality, Mexico is actually paying for this wall. You know, we're still collecting money and tariffs and everything from Mexico. Mexico's doing their part on their end of the border. Tremendous job, actually. And, you know, even he's had the money. They voted for the money when they passed that first budget appropriation bill. He had the money for the wall. He's just moving money around. But in the meantime, the general fund is gaining money from these tariffs. So he's he's in a win-win as far as the wall. And that wall will be built soon. It'll be finished very, very soon. Uh. 
the transgender thing, I don't know if you happen to catch Laura Ingram's show. I'm glad these girls uh, from Connecticut, they're taking the state of Connecticut to court over this issue. And this is the only way you're going to stop these radical states from this transgender ideology, which is all in terms of destroying the fabric of our society, is to take it to the highest levels of the court that they can afford to take it. And I think once the, they start losing some of these court battles, you'll see this start to go by the wayside. With regards to Hillary Clinton, she's going to jump on anybody's bandwagon in hopes of getting back in power. I think she's doomed. I think she's got some dark days coming ahead of her. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't count her out. And I also wanted to touch on this. Uh, you mentioned the crime rate in uh, Paris, the 40% of the crime by illegals you know i'm surprised that number is that is that low i expected that number to be a lot higher than that but i think you'll find that number is very similar in many of these european countries you know which is why you have this big push for brexit and i think if the people had their way in italy i think italy would be the next country to withdraw from the eu i think it's on the horizon so i think until you get this eu uh busted up and they stop pushing the radical agenda because they don't have a Trump over there to stop it like we do over here. So I think it's critical that, uh, that uh, you know, more countries uh, in the European Union pull out. I wanted to talk about our former president trying to steal credit for this economy, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You know, he he passed this, uh, excuse me, this Jobs Recovery Act, $787 billion. It's over a trillion dollars. There was no shovel-ready jobs. There were hardly any jobs at all created from that. You know, and I think when this all, the news all settles and the dust settles from this, we haven't heard anything about it for a while. We're going to find out this is one of the biggest pay-for-play schemes there ever was in America. Uh, and I'm glad the president came out and put him in his place quickly over that because, uh, you know, that was a ridiculous statement to even come out and say some of these things. You hit on some of those things. He had more people on food stamps. The unemployment rate was close to 8.6% or something. Uh, you know, it, people were struggling. I mean, just suffering. So I, you know, I, I just thought that was an utterly ridiculous statement for him to make. I want to touch on this Dershowitz thing, because this is a, I think this is a bombshell. For Dershowitz, a Democrat, to come out and say that he has, a, he has fact, factual information, proof, that George Soros asked Obama to, make, to investigate someone. I have some thoughts on who that someone might be, and I'm going to tell you what those are. I think it may be Ted Cruz. Because I think the public hasn't officially learned this yet, but it's, they're going to learn it very soon. That at the time they started to spy and and uh, monitor the Trump campaign, they weren't sure he was going to be the nominee. So Ted Cruz was in a battle with Trump for the nomination. So they decided they would spy on both campaigns. That way, if it were Ted Cruz, they would have all the goods on him. And he would have been accused of colluding with the Russians. 
I think this is going to break in the coming days, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the information Dershowitz is referring to. I just wanted to bring that up and throw it out there because I think, uh, I think it's critical that the public learn that this extended well beyond the president. Uh, and so they were prepared no matter who was going to be the nominee. So we know now that the investigation into the president started back in 2015, shortly after he came down the escalator or, or before. So, uh, so this has been going on a while. So I, I think you can look for that to, be, that to come out in the coming days or weeks. And finally, I think I'll finish up with Mr. Bloomberg. You know, these candidates are so radical, it's almost scary. You know, and you've heard me mention rules for radicals in the Communist Manifesto before, but I can't, I can't point to one in the field that's, that's not leaning towards socialism, communism right at this point. There isn't a moderate in that field. You know, I, we talk, I talked last uh, week on your show, you know, Buttigieg's father was a professor, radical professor at a university. He believed in communism. He used to preach it almost as bad as Bernie. You know, if you look at Elizabeth Warren's policies, even Amy Klobuchar, I mean, she may be the most moderate, and she's not moderate at all. But Bloomberg, I think this man is dangerous. I mean, he's dangerous because he's got money. You know, right now, you know, there's somebody accusing him of... Go ahead, Roy. And we're we're seeing the DNC and how they want to... You know, uh, you know, I, I can't stand Bernie. Uh, I think he's I think he's insane. But we all know they're trying to keep the nomination away from him, and they're trying to give it to people like Bloomberg or Biden or even Pete, in my opinion. Well, I think because you know, as, as wealthy as Bloomberg is and as opinionated as he is, I still think he's controllable by the establishment, as is Buttigieg, as is Warren, but Bernie is not. Bernie's going to do things his own way, regardless of what they suggest or say to him, which is a scary thought in and of itself because you know where Bernie's going. You know, and we look how loyal you... Bernie, and we look how loyal Bernie supporters are. There was a poll that came out; like fifty percent of them said they'll stay home. Half of them said they'll stay home if he does not win the nomination. I'm telling you, I look for some. Uh... Don't be surprised if they don't have to call the National Guard out in Milwaukee if he doesn't get the nomination. He's got some far left-wing radicals, I mean, some activists, uh, the Antifa types on, on campaigning for him, and you're seeing it every day. I mean, you're seeing the violence break out by Bernie supporters. I don't. I mean, this, this group is a dangerous group. Right now you've got uh, uh, Bloomberg being accused of... Uh, suppressing negative news stories about China. We know he's got massive ties to to the Chinese government. He's got so much Uh, money over there. Yeah, absolutely. And he's trying to control – he wants to control every aspect of your life. And those comments he made about elderly health care, I don't think he's going to get any of the elderly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're 90 – if they're like – what did he say? If they're in their 90s, just let them die if they have cancer. Well, he used that example – he used an example of a 95-year-old guy with uh, prostate cancer. But, you know, he's talking about all elderly people because he's got yeah. the money to pay for his health care if he needs it, right? Because that's the way right. that and works. You know, 
Yeah, and you know what's scary is that um, in terms in terms of you know how this this whole rigged system. I mean, it probably is going to come down to a brokered convention because I people keep asking me, you know, Rory, who do you think is going to be the nominee on, on the left? And I'm I'm for the first time in a long time, I honestly am saying I don't know. That is how. It's so unpredictable. I have no clue at this point because I look at a lot of different factors. I look at whether or not if it's rigged. I look at whether or not, you know, um, I guess voter turnout. Um, I I look at a lot of different things, but it depends on the candidate because there's a lot of candidates that there's no enthusiasm for. And I'd say most of the candidates, actually, there's no enthusiasm. I mean, there's very few that have fan bases like Bernie on the left. Uh, You know, I, I, I obviously we know. You know, Trump crowd sizes are a hundred times, a thousand times bigger than Bernie. But for being a Democrat right now, Bernie's got a pretty decent size and fan base going. Oh, I agree with you a hundred percent. He's, uh, like I said, he's dangerous. Uh, it, it's uh, it's scary. And I have some thoughts on that too. I want to finish up with uh, with Bloomberg here. You know, and, and and I and I had a lot of disrespect for for what he did to the stop and frisk program. Because you've asked me a number of times on this on this program, you know how you how you stop the crime in in, in these major cities. You know the, the proper use of stop and frisk is the way to do it. And if you really look at it, you know you don't get it. You're not really violating anybody's rights because people have to have an ID to be out in public. They're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to respond to the police officer's questions. If you're hanging out in the street corner, you know. But you listen to the way he was operating this program, and I could see why blacks and minorities in particular complained because, yeah, that's you listen to what he says, some of the clips I've heard him, I said, no wonder this stop and frisk guy. He actually doubled down on it. You know? Yeah. You never had these kind of complaints yeah. when Rudy was mayor. He used stop and frisk. He dropped the crime rate from close to a thousand murders a year down to less than a hundred or around a hundred. I mean, it's amazing. Right. And, you know, yeah. I, I just think that's ridiculous. But, you know, and that's, again, that plays to him. He wants to be in control of everything, which I think is scary. You know, he's going to raise taxes. He's going to raise taxes even on poor people. He came right out and said that. I'm telling you, I, I, I just don't see any hope in this de- Democrat field. I mean, first, I'm, I'm right. just glad. Let's put it this way. I'm glad none of them are going to beat Trump. My concern <laughs> is that maybe somebody comes close enough or makes – they're not going to come close enough to beat him. But the election is close right. enough that we fail to take the, the House and the Senate. That's my right. fear. Because right. it's critical we win both of those. Amen. And as far, Amen. As far as the, this, just a final thought, Roy. When the, uh, you know, this uh, convention in Milwaukee, and you know, we know the uh, the Democrats are corrupt. They're corrupt in their oh, own yeah. party in terms of their election process. Uh, they already said they've already got some uh, discrepancies in this Nevada, which is what the next primary coming up. You know, there's already there's already problems with that voting app. They're already trying to control everything, and then they have something called the superdelegates, and this is where Bernie's going to get hammered. They're going to hammer him again with the superdelegates the same way they did in 2016, and that's not going to fly this time. 
because he's got the president out there publicly saying they're stealing this from Bernie Sanders. Trump is planting that seed. And because he knows what's about to happen, he knows these superdelegates, which are controlled by the DNC, are going to cast yeah. their ballot for whoever they, the DNC decides they want to be their candidate. And that's my oh, final true. thoughts, Roy. You're, you're absolutely right. And, Michael, uh, I, know you're going to be, I know you're going to be with us for the entire episode, but tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you. You can reach me on Twitter, uh, DM if you want. Uh, direct message, uh, Michael Volsi, that's D and in Victor, A-L-S-I. And thanks for having me, Roy. It's been a pleasure. All righty, my friend. A lot more to get into tonight. Big show. Uh, glad you can stay with us. Uh, and everybody, uh, I got a lot. We got a lot of guests coming on. Um, and uh, I do want to get to Todd McKinley real quick. And then we, got, we have uh, Dustin Nemos coming on. We also have Gary Binford. Uh, Diana Ploss and Craig DeLuz. So very excited. A lot of great uh, lineups tonight. But uh, Todd, you got the floor, my friend. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely, Roy. I appreciate it. Uh, so with, with regards to the nomination for the Democrats, there's a song by Elvis Presley that kind of comes to mind. It's, it's called Too Much Monkey <laughs> Business. If, if, if anybody's ever heard <laughs> it, you know, or if, you, if you've not heard it, I, I urge you to, to Google it or YouTube it or whatever, you know, download it. Uh, to give a listen, and of course, watch the uh, watch the debate tomorrow and play that while it's going on. I, I urge you to do that. Uh, so, with regards to the transgender situation, uh, you know, I, I look at the uh, the one mile record. The the male record is a, a basically the world record is almost thirty seconds faster than the female world record. Now, mind you, the female world record is four minutes twelve seconds point thirty three, so it's it's fast, uh, but nearly thirty seconds faster is the male world record. And, you know, we have a lot of the situations with regards to your transgender in high schools. So I looked at, you know, the average, you know, the, the middle, uh, the middle ages there, whenever you're in high school, I guess it's 16, right? So, you know, I guess you're a sophomore, uh, junior in high school. Uh, the record for the male is three minutes and 56 seconds. And the female record is four minutes, 28 seconds. So that's about another 30 second difference right there. Uh, a little bit more than 30, well, almost 30 seconds difference there. Uh, so, you know, you think about it, you have a male who decides he wants to be a female, uh, you know, females have no, 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 no chance of beating these people, you know, I mean, males are just generally, you know, built, uh, built stronger, built faster, especially whenever it comes to athletics, uh, you know, so that you can't compete with that. So it's completely wrong. So it's, and it's completely anti-science for, for the, for like the party that talks about being science, uh, all pro-science. Anyway, I'm getting all flustered over here, getting all pissed off, but pardon my language, uh, the former Governor Bogdanovich, you know, obviously the guy was guilty, and there's a lot of uh, – I don't know if you guys followed that way back when. Uh, I had a good friend. He was – my best friend was from Chicago, so I followed it uh, fairly closely, and there was a lot of recordings where they had him on, you know, trying to make deals for and exploit uh, this group or that group or, uh, you know, for, for money. Uh, so, you know, he, he, they have him dead to rights, uh, but for what they actually found him guilty on, uh, 14 years was, was way too much. You know, I, I think you know, the president was right to commute his sentence right about where he did, uh, and he's proven a point, too. Uh, you know, obviously, there's criminal justice reform that needs to happen. There's bail reform that needs to happen, and then, of course, there's sentencing reform that needs to happen. And so you know, he's, pointing, he's, 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 he's commuting the sentence for uh, Governor Bogdanovich, 
to show to showcase that you know Roger Stone uh, has been basically uh, you know over prosecuted here, if you will, or you know over sentenced for what they actually uh, found him guilty on. And I think that's true. I think you know we we know Roger Stone's guilty of something, but you know I, I think you know maybe three years or four years or maybe just a couple years and some probation would be would be fine or or a fine or something. Uh, you know, you have rapists uh, and murderers getting less time than, than what Roger Stone is getting sentenced for. Uh, it's completely ridiculous, and of course, it's obviously a political prosecution anyway. Um, you know, and with regards to George Soros, I know somebody brought that up. You know, he spends one, more in one election cycle, and I, I heard this yesterday uh, from a couple of sources uh, that he spends more, basically, in one or two election cycles than the Koch brothers spend in a decade. And of course, we only hear about the Koch brothers all the time. The Koch brothers, the Koch brothers. Uh, but Soros spends more than in, in one or two election cycles, and they've spent in an entire decade. Uh, so, you know, whenever they bring up the Koch brothers and they leave out Soros, uh, you, you you see where their agenda really is. Uh, and let's talk about the economy. You know, Obama, uh, whenever he he was in office, he said, you know, the he now he's taking credit for the economy. But if you remember, whenever he was in office, uh, he basically said, you know, this is the new normal. Uh, you know, he, and he basically said, facts are the only economic success. You know, the, the facts are this. Uh, the only economic success under Obama uh, can only be or attributed to the Federal Reserve. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve, you know, uh, making changes with regards to uh, uh, the, uh, the the the, the what, what do you call it the, uh, the the whenever you borrow the the percentage rate, if you will, uh, if it wasn't for the Federal Reserve, the economy would have completely tanked. And of course, the president has no say over the Federal Reserve with regards to. Uh, you know how they operate. The only thing he can really do is appoint a chairman whenever it becomes open. I think it's every ten years. Uh, so Obama really had nothing to do with the economy uh, except for keeping it down. He made he had no policies. The, uh, the the Democrats in the House or the Senate had no policies to help the economy. Uh, you know, so he, he can't take any sort of credit. Uh, and and I like the fact that the president did pardon uh, you know Bernie Carrick. You know, here's a guy who was highly decorated. You know, had numerous medals. Uh, of merit, uh, he had the, the the Medal of Valor from the, the NYPD. Uh, he was the commissioner of the Department of Corrections. He was a police commissioner. Uh, you know, the, the Queen of England gave him a, a honorary knighthood. Uh, you know, and he has numerous other citations from from different police forces uh, from around the world. Uh, he, you know, here's a guy who you know went under, went undercover as a detective in some of the toughest neighborhoods and some of the toughest cases out there. Uh, so you know. He, he, he was over-prosecuted, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, I think the president's right to commit or, or pardon him to basically point to the, the fact that, you know, we're, we're over-prosecuting some of these cases. We're, we're overcharging, and, we're, and at the same time, we're over-sentencing some people. And a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with, with, pol with politics. Uh, and I'm getting flustered over here because it's, it's pissing me off. Uh, but, you know, I'm thinking that the president's kind of right in a lot of these situations uh, to do this. And you know the fact that he uh, commuted or commuted a sentence of a Democrat today uh, just goes to show that you know Democrats don't really have a leg to stand on. Whenever they they uh, whenever they point to this, it's like, well, he committed the sentence of a corrupt Democrat from Illinois, which is the most corrupt state uh, that also has the most corrupt city, Chicago. Uh, and and I, I saw something today that it was Chicago and uh, or excuse me, uh, Illinois and uh, Los Angeles. Do they have since the 1980s? They've had 1,300 and some odd. Uh, convictions for uh, public corruption. So, meaning up somebody that holds public office, whether it's elected or appointed, has been arrested, tried, and convicted of some sort of corruption charge. Uh, and I, I've got to re relook to find out where I found that. A friend of mine posted that. 
but it was from a reliable source. And so it's Chicago and, and Los Angeles, the two most corrupt cities uh, in, in the country, and they have thousands uh, of, of such uh, uh, convictions. Uh, so whenever Democrats uh, you know, try to say that they're honest and above board, you have to just point it to those two cities alone and say, well, who's in charge in, the, the, in these cities? And it's your party. And it's your people that were getting uh, you know, arrested, tried, and convicted, not Republicans. Uh, so that's just something we need to spotlight, I think. Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100 percent. Very well said. Uh, you have you have any other thoughts, my friend? No, no. You know, just that. Just a few things that came to mind whenever you, you guys were talking, you know, and I, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, for, for, for anybody that, that wants to hear, you know, uh, you know, Bloomberg talk about this or that, you know, like he, he went off about farmers, uh, you know, recently. We, we, we saw that. Uh, that that tape came along. He was talking about people who worked uh, during the Industrial Revolution and people who work, you know, in manufacturing now. He was like, you know, oh, basically put the metal on there. You follow the directions, you know, on the lathe, and then there you go. You you've created something. He said it's easy. Uh, it, it's completely not easy. You know, farming's not easy. Uh, none of these things are easy. Uh, you know, the, you you wouldn't have four-year degrees. You wouldn't have PhDs for for agriculture whenever you know if, if it was so simple. If you just dug a hole and threw a seed in and put, poured some water on it. You know, everybody would be a farmer right now. Everybody would be a successful farmer. Uh, the, the simple fact is, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not, not something that's easy. Uh, you know, so this, it's completely ridiculous, and it just goes to show how out of touch this guy is. Uh, and actually, I accidentally hit one more thing. You know, they, they talk about, you know, the, the billionaires that are out there. And, uh, you know, if you look at the, the list of billionaires, the top nine, the top nine are actually self-made billionaires. These are people – uh, who grew up basically essentially either poor or middle class, you know, working class type folks. Uh, even Bloomberg obviously is on the list. He's number eight and, uh, as far as Americans are concerned. He's number eight. Uh, but he, he's a self-made billionaire. Uh, it does, it's not until you get down to the Walton family uh, that, that inherited the wealth from Sam Walton, the creator of Walmart and Sam's Club and so forth, who he, he was a self-made billionaire. Uh, you know, so people that say, well, you can't get ahead in this country, you know, it's the millionaires and billionaires. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of these millionaires and billionaires are people that came from just, just working class families uh, and worked their way to, to become millionaires and billionaires. So to say that it can't be done it, it, it is ridiculous. The facts uh, point to the, the, the contrary. Uh, you know, so not everybody's going to be a millionaire and billionaire, mind you, but, but to go and attack somebody just because they're successful is it, it, foolish and, and ridiculous. And of course, if you took you know, every penny from every billionaire in this country, you'd only fund the government for essentially six months with, with the way we spend money, like it's going out of style. Uh, you know, we spend four exactly. and a half to nearly five trillion dollars annually. Uh, you know, you, 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 in, in, but to say you, you're going to take the money from the billionaires and billionaires and everything's going to be okay, you know, you're going to fund the government, like I said, six months, maybe a year, and that's it. And then, and then everything's gone. Their money's gone. Their business is gone because you're going to see that. And then who, who's going to run these businesses? You certainly – the people who run the IRS and Medicare, Medicaid, uh, and run all these different uh, programs into the dirt, you don't want them running uh, these companies. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't want that. You know, they'd be bankrupt in no time. And, of course, you know, they would be, like, looking for the bailout. But who are they going to get the bailout from? The American taxpayers, the American workers? Uh, but at some point, you're going to have to come after their money, you know? And, and now if you look at some right. of the programs, the, the, some of the things that they're talking about, uh, if you make $29,000 or $30,000, they're going to have to tax you even more. So it's a moving goalpost with regards to, you know, uh, who's successful, who's rich, who's poor, uh, who, who do we need to tax more? 
you know, every time they say we're going to give you more things, more, more freebies, uh, forgive more debt, somebody has to pay for that somewhere along the way. And, you know, that goalpost slides all the way down, and eventually somebody that's barely making minimum wage, working minimal hours, you're going to be taxed even more, and, and, and you're going to get to the point where you're basically working for free. Uh, you know, so people need to think about that whenever they, they talk about all this stuff that's for free. Nothing's for free. Um, you know, we need to get away right. from that mentality. You know, um, yeah. you know, yeah. we should certainly take care of the people who, you know, who need it, the mentally, the physically disabled, uh, the elderly, the people that paid into a system by, by, the, by threat of gun, mind you. Uh, they, they, these are people that earned it. Uh, but we need to certainly Absolutely. look at our, 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 our entitlement programs and make sure that they're propped up for that for those who really need it and ensure that they're going to be there. But at the same time, you know, if, we, if we're going to be living in a society that, that's about freedom, uh, we should give people options. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100. I it, agree 100 percent. Yeah. Anyway, anyway I, I talk fast, but let me tell everybody where they can find me real quick, if you don't mind, in case, in case I don't get back on here. Uh, it's toddforhouse.com, T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-C.com, and at Todd for House uh, on Twitter. Again, T-O-D-D, number four, H-O-U-S-C. Hey, Todd, I always love having you with us. Stay with us if you can. We've got a lot more to get into tonight, a lot of guests coming on. Uh, but, man, your insight and uh, your value you bring to the show, we always appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it, Roy. If I have to drop off, I'll, I'll be on next week. All righty, sounds good. Um, everybody, all right, God bless. Um, all righty, God bless. Everybody, we will be right back. We've got a lot of guests coming on. We'll be right back with Dustin Nemos. Uh, and then we'll also be having Gary Binford, Diana Ploss, and Craig DeLuce. He lose on tonight. I think that's how I pronounce his name. I'm pretty sure. I want to make sure, though. Uh, everybody stay with us, though. This is the Rory Sodder Show. It's a beautiful night. A lot to get into. We'll be right back. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. 
Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. And we are back. This is the Rory Sodder Show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss me past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA, dot com. Everybody, it's a beautiful night coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. I want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us, we have Quantum expert and best-selling author, Dustin Nemos. Dustin, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Roy, for having me on, man. How are you doing tonight? Uh, doing very well, Dustin. A big fan of yours. I like everything you're doing. Your first time on. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Obviously, the, the Quantum uh, is, is very popular right now. I've been reading up and following a little bit of, you know, various things uh, with it, and I know you're heavily uh, you know, get, getting involved with that with that realm, and, and you're an expert there. But tell us about yourself. There's a lot going on. Well, I, you know, I'm just a guy. I came from a business background, real estate. But what happened after 2016 with President Trump kind of inspired me to get involved in politics. And when I saw the Q thing on the boards online and I saw what was coming out, the focus on corruption at the highest level, even some of the darker topics that they went into and some of the things that they were alleging, I started paying attention and I got into YouTubing and I started to cover the news and I started to cover what was happening with Q and, you know, it developed into this worldwide movement, this hidden war behind the scenes, if you will, and kind of the great awakening. It's crazy. So tell us, tell us about yourself. So you were in real estate, that was your career. And uh, it's kind of, you know, this whole Q thing has taken off for you. It's kind of, you know, kind of given you a, a huge second career. I mean, you've gotten so much opportunity and, and built a kind of an empire. I mean, you're doing a lot of speaking engagements. You got a book, you know, you do columns, you, you could do a lot of appearances. Tell us, tell us about just going from like, you know, your everyday life to, to this level. I mean, this is, this is cool stuff, man. I've got to say it's a little, it's overwhelming. Um, I go from being a normal everyday guy and then I go to like a Trump rally or one of these Q events and it's almost like I'm a celebrity and you know, I'm still kind of getting used to all of that, but for me, it's kind of, I'm focused on trying to expose some things in the world, trying to expose corruption, trying to expose fake news, trying to back up our president when I can. And, you know, that's just been my, kind of my head to the grindstone for years now, uh, since Christmas Eve 2017, when I started the YouTube channel. And, you know, at first I was getting, you know, all these subscribers and 1200 a day and I had months where I would get 30,000 subscribers and it, it's nothing to do with me. You know, it's just, there's a lot of demand. and I'm sure you know this for truth out there in a world of fake news. Yeah. So 
you know, right. I, I try not to even talk about myself as much as I do just what's happening. I mean, there is a great awakening happening, and, and I lay that entirely, all the credit, uh, at the feet of President Trump and the Q movement or Q Anonymous. And, uh, you know, we did, as a collaborative, put out the best-selling book. Um, that triggered the fake news, and, and Amazon suppressed it. And, you know, that was fun, too. And I like to, you know, just it forces them to attack us even more, this thing that they keep insulting and saying is, is a fringe cult that no one believes in. You know, we're also the second most attacked thing in the world after President Trump himself. And I say we, but the Q movement itself, the idea that Q is real, you know, they're really afraid of that. Yeah, and for people that don't know what Q is, I mean, I mean it, it can be very complicated, and, and there's so many different things that apply to it, many different variables uh, of what it's based off of. Can you kind of just kind of shine light on that and just kind of uh, elaborate and just kind of, you know, explain to the audience for those that, you know, may not know uh, as much, about, you know, about the situation? So. What I like to tell people, and, and I boil it down to its most simple, because it, it is a very complicated topic, and there's a lot to it and a lot of context and history, and it really is a body of work at this point. But at its simplest yeah. essence, the way President Trump went around fake news and he went directly to the people with Twitter, he's going around the corrupt swamp deep state and FBI, or at least the elements that are corrupt at the highest levels there, and he's going directly to the people with information that doesn't quite violate national security, but it's more of like the Socratic method. And because they do have access to all of that information on their side, they can direct people where to look. And they're, they're directing tens of millions of citizens around the world to look into different issues. And that's kind of an open source investigation. So what it really is, is like a boot camp and guidance, maybe a flashlight for citizen journalism. And most of the information that comes out is open source open domain. It's, it's public stuff. You know, some of it's been FOIA'd. There's not really a lot of classified or anything information that comes out. And, you know, most of the controversy isn't around even the information that's coming out anymore. It's the attacks on Q, calling it violent, trying to call it crazy, trying to link it to these different, you know, conspiracies and derail it. That's what the fake news does. They don't want you to hear, you know, the, the Q message so much. They want you to focus on the Q ridicule, you know, and um, yeah. I, I like to push back against that message. You know, we're a nonviolent group. Uh, there's, there's no right. leader within the Q movement. There's no post about Q that says anything about violence. You know, fake news yeah. is just afraid. Yeah, and, and that's what I was just about to bring up. You know, it sounds like, and what I've experienced and what I know and, and what I've read about Q, it's really woken us up to everything we've been missing in terms of the corruption and, 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 you know, exposing the distractions all these years and really laying out the facts of people in our government that are some of the dirtiest individuals on the face of the earth. Yeah. You, you know, and, and I can only imagine some of the backlash you've received and, you know, for, for, for doing your part and, and kind of, you know, doing your, uh, putting out your material and, and pursuing this and kind of, you know, really, putting things, putting things into reality. I, I can only imagine. I, I mean, people don't like the truth people, people. And I've said this so many times, there, there's so many people that want to distract us with news that is irrelevant to compared to the big picture of what's really going on. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's vigorous debate within that small window that you're allowed to talk about, but you know, that, that window is called, it has a name. It's called the Overton window. And thanks to what president Trump has done. And I would, I would say that thanks to president Trump and independent media kind of bouncing back and forth that term fake news, he would, he would point and say fake news and we would back him up with evidence and facts and reason to, to give him the, the credibility that he needed when he made those statements, we would prove how fake news was fake. And I think in so doing, we've, we've shifted the, the Overton window now. I, I like to use the metaphor of like a, a, a lighthouse and you're, imagine the ships at sea in the dark and there's rocks everywhere and they're trying to make it to shore safely. The lighthouse is to, is to cast attention in, in certain areas to let people know there's danger. And, um, you know, we function in a way in independent media like that, and so does the Overton window. We're shifting the, the acceptable dialogue from, you know, topics that were, let's say, pre-modern uh, politics, because ever since President Trump, things have really shifted. So now we've shifted into real topics that are dangerous to their agenda, like the credibility of the fake news media, the crimes and double standards within the deep state, and, and the fact that there's a certain uh, level at which you don't get charged with crimes anymore, no matter what you do. And there's a certain team that you're on and uh, that's the deep state team. And uh, we're starting to see all these things and we're starting to compile the evidence and we're starting to, to show the people. And that's what they're really afraid of. And that's why, you know, you mentioned pushback. I don't like to talk about it too much, but yeah, I've had, I've had death threats. I've been deplatformed. I've been banned. I've been, demonetized and, and everyone else has been, you know, demonetized as well. And, um, you know, I've had to go through some things like that, but for the most part, I think that we have scared big tech. We've scared fake news into an unholy alliance to censor everything on the internet that they don't agree with. And that's the last step before they lose. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And what do you see as the future of Q. I mean, what, what kind of things should we expect to be exposed and revealed? And I know there's going to be a lot of things probably out of left field and things that are going to blow our minds. And I, I think we're going to be in for quite the ride, but yeah, what, what your thoughts? You know, I think Q has given us a path forward of being, like I said earlier, citizen journalists, but he says this phrase a lot, like you are the news now. And uh, that's because the fake news were, you know, they, they ruin their credibility. That's not going to come back. And that doesn't come back just because they put new paint on. So they're done. They're ruined. No one's going to trust them for decades, maybe forever. These businesses are having mass layoffs every year. You know, independent media, you know, speaking personally, seeing some of my colleagues out there, we're growing even in the face of censorship. No matter what they do, we're still growing and we're still beating them. So I think that the future of Q, the future of the Q movement is – the independent media becoming the mainstream media. I think we're taking over. And I think that's kind of the point all along. And that, that really is the whole point of Q um, to, to just right. President Trump needed the free press and that's what we're doing. And because of that, and because of all of that open source investigation, which by the way, is the most powerful form of investigation in the planet, uh, right. you know, human intelligence working together because of that, We've built now a cage around the deep state, and uh, it's just a matter of time. I think we're going to have arrests of major players in 2020. I love it. I love it. And 
Um, so I, I want to ask you, so you have a news network and a book um, that, that's doing well. Tell everybody about that. I, I do. I, you know, I, I launched the Nemos News Network when I uh, decided to take the YouTube channel, just Dustin Nemos, and really go uh, into a full career with this, especially after they were censoring me and everything. I realized this is where I needed to be because this is where I was taking the most flack. You know, I was kind of over some targets. And the book, you know, I got together with some of the other people that were very prominent voices in the Q movement, some of the Q researchers and decoders, and we put out a book. Um, it's called QAnon, An Invitation to the Great Awakening, and it does have some great information. It's, it's kind of timeless in a sense. It, it also covers many different perspectives of Q. So there's a lot of different specialties there. You know, my chapter was about deception within our own side, like fake news on the right. For example, Fox News, uh, you can't really trust them. They were putting out polls that said President Trump being impeached was uh, a majority of the country. They were calling the uh, midterms with the House still had 200 seats running on the left. So they basically tried to throw the midterms to the Democrats. And, you know, you're starting to see a lot of that. And I, we call them fake MAGA in the uh, Q movement. And, you know, I was actually queued for that once in, in exposing fake MAGA. Um, Jack Posobiec of OAN and, and Alex Jones, which got me an untold amount of uh, blowback, by the way. But Q referenced that work because he believes, I believe, that they're working for a foreign power. So we have to be really careful right. about who we source from. And there are a lot of people out there that would maybe hold our hand and, and lead us astray from the path of, of actual hard truth. So it's always good to, to not I'm not right. saying don't listen to them. I'm listen to many sources and be careful who you trust, like you said. Dustin, I love having you on, man. You are amazing. Such a, a great source and, and wealth of information. I love your insight. I, I love the value you brought to my show tonight. Uh, let's get you back on here soon because there's a lot more I want to talk to you about. But tell everybody where they can connect with you and all that good stuff and get your book. And, uh, yeah, that's fun stuff. Sure, brother. And I'd love to be back on. And thank you for having me. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Dustin Nemos or Nemos News Network. And, you know, as long as I'm not banned again. And the book, you can actually find it on thebookofqanon.com. It's on Amazon, but I, I really don't like to send people there because we were shooting up all the way to number one. And they stopped us at right. number two by dropping 200 of our purchases that were confirmed and verified purchases. We had, I mean, we still have like full five-star purchases. People are taking pictures and videos, and it's really humbling. Uh, if you add me right. on Twitter, you can see in my background a, a banner of all these people who send in their pictures with the book. Um, but Amazon didn't like that. Uh, we, were, we were beating Andy McCabe's Deep State book. Uh, we were beating uh -huh. um, uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming book. Uh, they finally didn't like that, so they knocked us down in the algorithm. And I think, honestly, I think that's the time Amazon had to catch up to YouTube and Facebook with the algorithm change to, to center our book. Jesus, what crazy, crazy stuff, man. But uh, Dustin, let's get you back here soon. Thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. And I'm rooting for you. Thank you, brother. You guys have a wonderful evening. All right. You too. God bless. Take care. I want to welcome to the show. I believe she's with us. We have the host of the popular Diana Ploss show. Diana Ploss, thank you for joining us. How are you? Welcome. 
Diana, sorry, I, I think I had you on mute. Now, now I don't. Are, are you there? I'm there, Rory. How are you? I'm doing very well. Welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. First time on the show. Thank, yes, thank you for having me. So I am a Massachusetts political activist. Um, not something that I had planned to do. It's just something that happened, and I was just listening, listening um, to Dustin talk about you know, 2016, um, I started becoming attractive to what pres- what candidate Trump was saying in 2015. And then by November 2015, I was all in and uh, quit my job and, you know, went on this path, became an activist, then got my own radio show. And um, I'm causing a lot of trouble up here in Massachusetts. I love it. I love it. And your radio show is doing very well. Uh, tell everybody how long you've so, been doing radio for. And obviously you've had some um, big guests. You're getting quite the, quite the crowd. No, so I, I started the radio show almost two years ago, and it was by accident. Somebody had invited me up to their show in Nashua, and I think they were actually trying to figure out if I would be a good fit for them. They were looking for a third woman for their show. And then the next day, the owner of the studio said, oh, I think, you know, you should have your own show. And I, I had never done radio. I had always wanted to. Um, and then I, you know, I basically started from scratch. So we went from, you know, one day, um, I think it was two, two hours once a week and then two days. And now we just started three days a week, three hours a day. Um, so we've ramped up a lot. And, yes, we've had some great guests on um, but, you know, it's funny. People say, Rory, people say, you know, you have these big names on. I, I actually, I, you know, I like having big names on, but I also like having regular people like me, like you, activists from around the country. Amen. Sharing what, what, you know, what they're doing because we are the boots on the ground. We are, you know, they have a higher profile, but we're the ones um, in the trenches. So those are the people yeah. I I really, you know, I love to have on the show to hear what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of what I've, I've done in Massachusetts. And like I said, I do cause a lot of trouble in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, I have the biggest um, Trump group on Facebook, even though they tried to shut me down. Um, in Massachusetts, I'm the biggest voice for President Trump in Massachusetts, um, so much so that the Mass GOP won't even um, – the mass GOP, the mass GOP chair won't even talk to me. Um, so yes, so it's it's uh, it's good. Patriots in Massachusetts taking back their state. Absolutely, I love I love Massachusetts, and you know such a such a, a wonderful and beautiful place. And you know I I know that um, you know in terms of your show though, you know it's similar to my situation. You know I I picked up the mic. Uh, a little over two years ago, and here I am, over over 200 episodes later, two, episode 242 tonight, episode 242. It's crazy. Wow. And it just, it's wow. become, it's, yeah, it's really become like, you know, like part of my livelihood, you know, a routine. Like, you know, it just, it becomes who you are. It really is, it lives inside of you. And it's just like a, it, it's a natural thing. You know, I, I just become so accustomed to it. And I, I really, uh, can't get enough. I mean, it really makes me happy. It's, 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 you know, it's like you love, it's, you love what you do. 
Well, yeah, and I think I think one of the things is I like bringing people together. So I just had somebody from um, Texas. His name is Doc Green. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, so he has his own radio show down in down in Texas, and I actually and I literally ran into him at the rally in Virginia on January twentieth. So I was you know I was amongst you know thousands of patriots and. I don't know if I turned around and he was this huge, tall guy with a, with a hat on. So um, now we've connected. He's been on my show, you know, twice now. I, I was on his show now. Then, then he was just on my live stream tonight. Um, but that I, I, I think is fantastic because that's how we will take back our country is by connecting with other patriots across the, across the country. And, you know, I, I would really like to see, Massachusetts, uh, you know, be a Trump victory. But uh, what do you think the chances of that, of that are? Because, you know, I mean, we look at kind of Massachusetts and, you know, Kennedy was, was from there and he was the one of the best Democrats ever. I mean, in my opinion, he was a, he was a conservative because if we look at a lot of Trump's views, very similar with what Kennedy believed. And, you know, Kennedy was considered a conservative Democrat. And, you know, he, he really um, – you know, really did so much good even when he was in charge of Massachusetts. And I, I just want to see it back to those sort of values. And I think it has in a lot of ways, because I know Massachusetts has a lot of middle-class, hardworking people that are tired of seeing how far left certain parts of our society has become. But I also know, you know, when you get into the city area of Boston, which I love Boston, I've been there a couple of times, but, you know, you, you have those liberals in those cities, and it makes things difficult because obviously places like Boston are such large amounts of population that, you know, it takes up a, quite a bit of the voter block. But your thoughts? Well, well, I don't know. how. When was the last time you were in Boston? Because so much has changed. I grew up in Boston. About a year ago. I was there the, about a year ago, last okay. summer. Okay. So the, the, the amount of building that they're doing across not just Massachusetts but across the country in terms of – trying to push people into these cities, right? Because that's what they're trying to do. That's all, all part of this globalist plan is to get people yeah. out of their single-family homes, push them into the city. And, it's, you know, I don't know that it's so much that it's the people that um, are so liberal as much as it's the, the political, um, the people in office. They're, you know, we basically have one party, and they're all, almost all of them are corrupt. They are just, just so corrupt. But the thing is, the support for President Trump is alive and well in Massachusetts. In, in the general in 2016, um, candidate Trump garnered almost 1.1 million votes in Massachusetts. And I can tell you right now, I've been going to standouts. I've been organizing, you know, um, we call them standouts in Massachusetts. Other people call them sign wavings. Um, but, but I've been organizing them. Other people have across the state. So there is, we're like busting at the seams with support, with support for President Trump. I would love to see in the general, if he could get, you know, if he got like 1.6 or 1.7 million votes, I mean, that would send a huge message um, to our corrupt governor and, and the corrupt mass GOP. So um, I see a lot of hope for, for his election in 2020. I do. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I agree. And, and I, and I feel, I feel optimistic. And, uh, you know, I, I was reading the report earlier today 
that President Trump uh, is, may sue over the Mueller investigation, and I hope he does. And, and I was reading. Oh wow, that's uh, yeah, no, that's great. I was reading certain things. How Mueller? I, I'm sure you know you've, you've been in Massachusetts a long time. He was a corrupt cop there. You know, he was doing a lot of bad stuff in in those areas with Whitey Bulger, among many other people. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't believe some of the things I was reading about Mueller and his affiliations with some of the Boston crime and stuff. They put four guys in prison that weren't guilty. Right. Two, 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 right. Of them, two of them died, I think, in prison. They just settled the lawsuit. But, but here's the thing. What a lot of people – see, I have this – I have this uh, – my opinion is that the way they do politics in Massachusetts, they, they stay out of the limelight. They stay out of the national limelight. And if somebody really took a light and, and you know, put it right on top of Massachusetts, you would see so much of what we see nationally originates from Massachusetts. That's, yeah. that's what you would see in terms of, um, you know, P-Tech company that is connected to 9-11, um, Facebook, which I'm not convinced, and I don't believe that Zuckerberg was the one that created that. Um, so many things out of Massachusetts stink to high heaven. And, and even Whitey Bulger's nephew. Whitey Bulger's nephew, I believe, is implicated somehow, I think, in, U- in what's happening in Ukraine. So there's, there's a lot of stuff, for, you know, John Kerry, uh, Mitt Romney. Yeah. Right? We have them all here. We have Elizabeth Warren, Seth Moulton. We have them all. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what yeah. I do in, in Massachusetts. So I know you're, you're basically almost out of time here. So um, I, I do, I do, I do want to show. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I already have it scheduled with your producer. I'll be on oh, there good. in a couple perfect. weeks. Perfect, perfect. And I can't wait, but tell everybody where they can find your show, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. So you can we, we live stream the show on YouTube and on Facebook. So Diana Ploss, Diana with two N's, Ploss with two S's. You can find me on Twitter at Diana Ploss Show. And, um, yeah, reach out to me. I send out a newsletter. We have events. We have Scott Pressler coming to Massachusetts on the 7th of March. Um, I'm heading down to CPAC next week or the, the week after um, next week. So, um, yeah, lots of things going on in Massachusetts. Perfect. Well, I love it. Let's get you back on here soon, too. I could talk to you all day. We, you, got a, you got a lot of good, amazing, valid points and, and, and things that I just love that you know, we, that need to be addressed. I mean, you bring so much value to the show and uh, really, I really love just everything. Thank you. Thank you, Rory. Thank you so much for what you're doing. God bless, honey. All right. I look forward to being on your show in a few weeks. Okay. Bye-bye. All righty. God bless. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Uh, we have founder of 2A News, uh, Craig DeLuz. Craig, what's up, buddy? Craig, are you with us? I am with you. Can you Craig, hear me? Are you with us? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, yeah, I'm I can doing hear, good. Can hear me? How are you doing? I hear you just fine. Perfect, man. Well, great to have you here. Um, you're doing a lot of big things right now. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, while I'm in uh, Sacramento, California, so I like to say I am uh, behind cutting out a little line, bit. Behind all right, hold on just a second. So I like to say I'm kind of behind enemy lines, or shall we say behind the steel curtain 
otherwise known otherwise known as the Sierras. Right. Um, being in Sacramento, California, it's where a lot of the the really really bad legislation out of California comes from. So it's kind of like being in the belly of the beast, for lack of a better term. Um, I can only I've been involved I can only in, imagine. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you all rhymers, you know how they talk about in D.C., they talk about the, the beltway effect. Well, the same thing, you have the same thing here in Sacramento, California, where you have these folks who are surrounded by like-minded people. They've been in control in the state legislature for the last 50-some-odd years. Uh, with a couple of exceptions, they've controlled the governor's office for at least the last uh, 20 years, at least mostly the last decade. And uh, they're basically... All, they're all speaking in an echo chamber. So when you start talking about politics and policy, you start talking about trying to bring up uh, reasonable disagreements, um, there's no such thing. In other words, they, they figure if you're not on their side, if you're not part of the cabal, then they really don't feel like they need to listen to you. Um, <laughs> and that's in all sorts of policy. Most of, the, most of my work in the, last, uh, in the last seven, eight years has been working uh, – on behalf of the right to keep and bear arms uh, here in the state of California, Nevada, and then also lobbying in D.C. Um, I've taken the last year, though, and I've been kind of op- working on another venture that I've been doing called 2A News, which is an opportunity for people to kind of hear uh, both both center-right as well as a, a pro-gun news from the ground and various uh, from the various folks who are doing it in uh, throughout the country. I love it. I love it. And, you know, obviously you're doing something that is a huge and, and such a, a privilege uh, to our country by, you know, giving your, your expertise and helping, you know, save us from a, a, a crazy government. Uh, you know, you're really uh, doing us a huge service because we need people like you that, you know, have these, have, ha- that have this knowledge that have this sort of insight and know exactly, you know, I mean, we, this is, this is scary. I mean, we're living in a time like never seen before. I mean, we're seeing what's going on in Virginia. We're seeing what's going on in California and we don't have enough people standing up, you know, like yourself for the second amendment. I mean, we have a lot of people, but we need more and more people. And, you know, we have a good, really uh, frequent guest on the show. Good friend of mine, Dan Wass, who's doing a lot for the Second Amendment, doing a lot for, you know, gun owners of America. And, and there's so many people like you and, and, and him. And, it, like, it's, it, it, it's, it's come to this point where people are scared that, you know, you're going to have angry, you know, crazy, you know, people that are going to come to your door you know, take your guns, leave you defenseless, and there's this mindset that the millions of illegal guns on the street are automatically going to disappear. And for some reason, Democrats think criminals follow laws. No, I mean, it's a bad situation. What did Hitler do? What did Stalin do before they killed millions of people? They took every sort of, you know, they took every weapon. They took anything that they could defend themselves with. It's one of those things well, where we've seen we've seen this. We know how we know how it ends. I mean, there's there's no going around it. There's no minimizing it. There's no sugarcoating it. You know, doing any sort of gun confiscation, you know, any sort of gun control. It's like you give the Democrats an inch, they'll take a mile. It's ridiculous. 
Well, and the worst part about it is, is that you have many people who are in who are in positions of power who are actually claimed to be on our side. And the the sad part is, is that they are completely and utterly ignorant and oblivious as to what they're doing or what they're talking about when it comes to some of these pieces of legislation. They don't even know how to effectively debate them. The worst part right. is, is I mean, there 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 is a, a fine line. In, in terms of, first of all, understanding firearms technology is very intricate, in particular when you start getting into uh, policy. When you start talking about – when you start writing policy that affects the technology or is based on the technology of firearms. Well, if you don't know the technology, then how can you know or understand the uh, – how can you know or understand or, or be effective in, in uh, writing policy? But even worse, you have people who – Really don't understand the principles behind the Second Amendment, um, and people that have never owned a gun side, in their life right. trying to give lectures to law-abiding citizens that want to protect themselves. I mean, these people don't even know what it's like, and, and I can't believe that we have some of the biggest hypocrites on earth, like these politicians and celebrities that have protection at all times, and they want to tell us because we, we're, you know, they think we're smaller than them that we have to, you know, it goes by the quote I always use. Do as I say, not as I do. It's ridiculous. Well, it, but it goes even beyond that. It goes to this. Unfortunately, many of us on the right are both. We're both. We're law and order conservatives, but we also believe in in liberty and the right to keep and bear arms. And there are many times with politicians where you have uh, law enforcement entities and agencies that are controlled by liberal politicians uh, who basically take positions against the rights of citizens. In other words, they say, well. You know, they're, they're saying they're taking a position for our security. Well, Benjamin Franklin said, you know, anyone who is willing to give up their – who is willing to sacrifice their liberty for security deserves and will eventually have neither. And that's where we're at, where a lot of times we'll have, we'll have Republicans who will go out who will support legislation and say, well, well but this, just, this is just – this is good law and order stuff, and my sheriff supports this. And it's like – no, this is not good policy because it infringes on the fundamental rights of individuals. There is no better example than red flag laws where an individual who you may or may not know can go to court, tell a judge that you are a danger to yourself or others. That judge issues a, a, a restraining order taking away your fundamental right to keep and bear arms and also issuing a warrant for them to search your home, your place of business, any place they think you might have a gun. Now, imagine you're sitting there, someone shows up at your door, and they're armed to the teeth, and trust me, they did not bring candy and flowers, but they are armed to the teeth, and they said, we are here, you have lost your right to own your firearms, we're here to take your guns. Now, if should you survive that experience, you may or may not get a day in court sometime in the near future where you're going to go into court. You're not going to have an attorney unless you can afford to get one yourself. You're going to be told right. that you now are guilty until proven innocent, and you have to prove that you are not a danger to yourself or others. They don't tell you what the standard is. They don't tell you, they don't tell you what measure you have to meet. They just tell you, okay, now prove it. And if you right. are able to prove it, there's no guarantee it's that in, you even get your guns back. It's insane. It really is. And, and you know what, Craig? I want to get you on here. I want to talk to you a lot about – the Second Amendment, and we're seeing now, and I've talked about this on my show a lot, how uh, I've encouraged so many different areas run by radical leftists, w whether it's senators or governors, to, to the sheriffs to declare, and it's happening more and more, you know, Second Amendment sanctuaries. And I love how it keeps growing. It keeps evolving. You know, we keep putting our citizens first in all these different areas. 
Uh, but obviously that's another, uh, you know, discussion for another time. And I want to get you back, tell everybody where they can find you, connect with you, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me uh, either online at uh, 2anews.us, uh, facebook.com forward slash 2anews, or you can just find me at facebook.com forward slash Craig Deleuze or twitter.com forward slash Craig Deleuze. Any events coming up? Uh, oh, God, I, I would have to look at my calendar. i got a gang of things. I actually know. I will be speaking. I will be the uh, keynote speaker for the – Orange uh, gun owners of Orange County coming up here on at the very end of March. I think it's March 28th. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much, my friend. Um, this is really great having you on. You know, next time you come on, I want to spend about a half hour with you and let's go over a lot of different things. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. All righty, buddy. Have a great night. God bless. All right. Uh, cheers, everybody. Uh, it's been an honor. Uh, I really loved being with you all tonight. Uh, I will see you all Thursday. We have a huge show planned. Uh, thank you. And uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. <laughs>